Top stories of the week. Scott Morrison makes cancer contagious. And it's time to dust off that He-Man the musical script. Just that and no more on this week's News Weekly. I'm Sammy Shah and welcome to the final News Weekly of 2021. Skin cancer apparently gone viral news now. With New South Wales crossing over 5,000 new cases and with more cases of Omicron appearing in other states and territories as well, Australia once again makes the monumental mistake of looking to Prime Minister Scott Morrison for leadership. After calling an emergency meeting of the National Cabinet, the Prime Minister took time out of not making any decisions to not make any further decisions. First on the list of issues to not decide on was booster shots. There's been plenty of discussion about whether the interval should be five months, four months, three months. That will be a decision for the vaccination experts at ATAGI. That is not a decision for myself as Prime Minister or the Premiers and Chief Ministers. That deference to ATAGI's wisdom is in sharp contrast to July of this year when ATAGI warned against people taking AstraZeneca and Scott Morrison's government, which had grossly underordered Pfizer, was desperate for that advice to change that more than half the population is in lockdown and the situation in Sydney is getting worse, will you consider directly appealing to a target to change their medical advice on AstraZeneca and open it up to 50s and over on the basis that that decision was made when the country was in a very different situation to what it is in now? It's a constant appeal. I can assure you, it's a constant appeal uh, that the situation that Australia faces should be uh, managed on the balance of risk, as Atagi has said to me in the past, when they made the decision um, to restrict uh, or to have a preference um, for those uh, under the age ultimately of 60 um, to have the Pfizer vaccine, they said they made that decision on the balance of risk. Well, it's for them to now constantly reconsider how that balance of risk applies and, and, and provide their, their advice um, accordingly. So now that we've learned that AstraZeneca is not effective against Omicron, will the government at least be mandating masks to make sure we're as protected as possible until boosters are moved up? Mask wearing in indoor spaces in public areas is of course highly recommended. Whether it's mandated or not, that's what we should be doing. In the same way as we go into this summer season, people will be slapping on the hat and slapping on the sunscreen. Um, there's no rule or, or requirement to do that, but it is strongly recommended health advice. It's in the same category. He loves making that point, by the way, that we don't have to mandate people wearing sunscreen and hats in summer. Here he is again, seeing it on sunrise the very next day. Um, we don't have to mandate people wearing sunscreen and wearing hats in summer. Except we do. We mandate children wearing hats in schools and adults on work sites. Oh, and cancer isn't contagious. You don't get cancer by breathing on each other except for lung cancer caused by secondhand smoke, so we mandated no indoor smoking. And while the Prime Minister doubled down on his refusal to mandate masks, here's his Chief Medical Officer, Professor Paul Kelly, trying really hard not to ask for a mandate while standing right next to the Prime Minister. Can I clarify what the advice is, Professor Kelly? Is the advice for a mandate or is it the advice for a strong recommendation? So, so to be very clear, we know that masks work. 
They do, they do protect yourself. They do protect others if you happen to have COVID. Uh, and people should wear masks. How, how that actually comes to be is a matter for states and territories. What is yeah. the health advice? The health advice is wear a mask. Can you tell the states, though, that they should mandate that in indoor settings? The, I, I, I've said that, that, that mask use should be used because we know, firstly, it works, and secondly, to protect yourself, to protect others, and secondly, it doesn't interfere with, with social gatherings, economic and so forth. So masks uh, need to be used. That sounds a lot like a guy who's been told not to use the word mandate while trying so hard not to say mandate, he's going to end up screaming mandate in his sleep later. By the way, since then, both Victoria and New South Wales have announced mask mandates. There haven't been this many mandates since the last episode of Sex in the City. Get it? Mandates? Man dates, dating men. Sorry, it's just, it's been a long year. I'm tired. Patron of the arts news now. There's a story that when Winston Churchill was asked to cut funding to the arts in order to support the war effort in World War II, he responded, then what would we be fighting for? Now, it turns out that that isn't actually true. He never said that. He did say Indians are a beastly people with a beastly religion, but that's not relevant right now. What is, is that keeping the arts alive and well-funded is an important feature of society, particularly one that values its intellectual and creative growth. So it was with great relief that the Australian arts community welcomed the announcement by Arts Minister Paul Fletcher of a $200 million arts rescue fund. Now $200 million might sound like a lot, but it actually isn't much when you consider the size and need of the Australian arts sector, which brought in an estimated revenue of $111.7 billion in 2016 and 2017, over 6% of our GDP. While the arts funding was capped at $200 million, unlike a similar home builder grant, which was weirdly uncapped, and on top of that, for the first time ever, the cash was divided by Fletcher himself, and not the Australia Council, which exists for just this purpose. Which is weird, given he recently told the conservative Sydney Institute how he's aware of the political inclinations of the arts community. Is that um, you would get the impression from... Uh, some arts events around the country that um, no, um, there, there is no artist or performer or writer anywhere in Australia who's ever voted Liberal. Now, um, I'm very confident that's actually not the case. Um, and I suppose one of the points I've been seeking to make in my remarks tonight is assumptions about which way the arts sector aligns politically um, are not necessarily accurate, um, but uh, I don't um, I don't dismiss the the force of the point that you make. So. Paul Fletcher, the Arts Minister, who's also the Urban Infrastructure Minister and has so far refused to release the documents revealing how the government managed to distribute $600 million of its commuter car park scheme to mostly coalition voting suburbs. Well, what did he decide needed funding in the arts? How about $1.4 million has gone to a Lego recreation of the 1991 movie Jurassic Park? $956,771 have gone to a return of the 1991 musical The Secret Garden. $600,000 to a stage adaptation of the 1984 movie The Neverending Story. 
600,000 to a Guns and Roses tour. Oh, and $890,000 to a stage adaptation of The Lord of the Rings. Basically, Paul Fletcher just funded everything from his late teens and early 20s. He's on a nostalgia kick. If you want money from him, you better write a Thundercats musical, a Hardy Boys stage adaptation, or a Bananarama revival tour. That's it from this week's edition of News Weekly. I'm sorry it's so short, but it's the end of the year and I, like you, am exhausted. We'll be back in the new year with all new episodes of News Weekly with lots of new content and other new features as well, including guest interviews and perhaps even guest hosts sometimes as well. Stuff that I'm all trying to organize and create. In the meantime, thank you so much for your patronage. As always, head over to patreon.com slash Shah to get the text edition of News Weekly along with lots of other content or just to support this podcast. You can head over to iTunes and leave me a review and a rating. It really, really helps the podcast with the rankings in iTunes iTunes and and Apple Podcasts. I don't know how all of this works, but it really does help. Everyone says so. And more than anything else, thank you so much for all your support. Have a happy new year and a merry, merry Christmas.